1: I didn't start playing hockey to go on the ice and fight. It's the last thing I would have thought of. They sent somebody out after me during a scrimmage. I had no idea what I was doing. I just sort of grabbed and I started throwing punches. I was just watching my, my fists. It's like in slow motion. and doing pretty well here. As soon as I did that, that changed everything.
2: There's a little bit from a documentary called... Ice Guardians. I, I think it's something that uh, people are going to enjoy watching as uh, as it makes its way uh, onto screens of, of various varieties here in the in the weeks and months to come. My name is Reed Wilkins. This is Inside Sports on 6:30. chat thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. 13-13 in the CFL, Toronto and BC in the final minutes. So of course we'll keep you updated on that. But we want to talk about uh, Ice Guardians, and I'm pleased to be joined by the producer of the movie in studio with Adam Scorgi. Adam, welcome to the show. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on.
2: Yeah, uh, really, really glad for you coming. I mean, I I, I started hearing about this, and I went to the website, and I sent a generic email, and you were kind enough to write me back in about 10 minutes, but I was going on air yesterday, so we talked this morning. I didn't even realize you were right here in Edmonton.
0: Yeah, I uh, moved to Edmonton a couple years ago. As we were speaking before we were on air, I actually went to elementary school and stuff here. I went to SATU when I was really young, and then moved overseas and uh, went to film school in New York and did my high days in Kelowna, but then, uh, you know, the film business brought me back to Edmonton.
2: Well, I think there's a lot to talk about with you, and we want, <laughs> but, but, but we'll talk about Ice Gardens, but as soon as somebody says, I went to film school in New York, that has one of those things associated with it where people... Assume someone like you just made this huge decision and just took a took a chance and, <laughs> and gambled on it. I mean, what was it like? Take going to film? Was it was this
0: NYU? You no. Know, well, the funny thing is, is I actually went to acting school. I started okay. in front of the camera originally, but uh, clearly, my career I was not an excellent actor. So, producing seemed more um, my way. And that, but that's one of the things uh, I think with any careers that sometimes. You know that cliche saying that it's not about the destination it's about the journey right so going to film school I learned that I loved telling stories right and I wanted to originally do it as an actor but I wasn't as good at that so I documentaries had just started to get popular right that's when Super size, me and Bowling for Columbine and these films were releasing like movies right and yep. digital era had really made documentaries become something different um, and when I came back from New York and I was living in Kelowna That's when I did my first film, which was the union, the business behind getting high. It was all about the marijuana industry. Another controversial subject, but very different from this one. (laughs) But uh, I met a great crew out of Vancouver because it's, um, you know, something that's very misunderstood about film because I'm the guy that's usually out there talking a lot. I, I like to gab, and that's a producer's job. But it's a team sport. You have a tremendous team, and especially with docs because you're not making, you know, you're not driving Ferraris. You're not you're not getting the Hollywood lifestyle that you would normally see on Entertainment Canada and stuff like that. But you do get to do really incredible things. You get to meet incredible people, and you get to travel and have your perspective changed. You sit down with some of these people, you know, and this ties back into Ice Guardians, that when you sit down with some of these enforcers, and you see what they did to make their NHL dreams come true. You start to look at them differently than what's been, you know, the the, the broad stroke brush that has been given to them so many times. Yeah. And that was ultimately why director Brett Harvey and I really wanted to do this. Is that so often these guys are painted as dummies that don't belong in the game and they never should have been there. And you know, after. Sitting in locker rooms with you know the superstar players and the tough guys, that couldn't be further from the truth.
2: Where where was the first uh, seed for this idea planted? Because I know sometimes I mean this can take five six years for an idea to get eight. completed. Right, eight, eight. years. <laughs> eh? So tell, tell me the. Do you remember the first conversation over a beer or a pizza or a, something that where all this.
0: I remember it clear as day. So I went to high school with Scott Parker and Todd Fedoric. Okay. Uh and as I mentioned earlier that I'd lived overseas. I'd lived in Australia, I'd lived in Singapore. So I'd totally fallen out of hockey. I played when I was young here in Edmonton in Mill Woods. And then moving overseas, of course at that time they didn't even I think there's one rink in all of Brisbane and they like the hockey was not there. Now it's actually in Australia they've got a little bit, but at the time um, and I'd totally fallen all of it. And so when I moved back to Canada, I didn't watch it. I didn't play it. I didn't care about it at all. And then going to high school with Parker and Fedoric, I got back into it because specifically of their role. I went to Rockets games, and I was like, whoa, 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 they're fighting? What's going on? And then I had a good friend of mine, Vic Baines, who was a huge sports guy, and then he explained to me the dynamics of what he learned about an enforcer. He's like, oh, well, Adam, he's trying to spark the team because you saw that play there, or there was a cheap shot or something, and I, I remember from that I was like, Wow! I had no idea there was this dynamic in hockey. I have to learn more. And then becoming friends with Parker and Fedoric, I saw a very different side of them that, you know, the average spectator doesn't see of them. The average spectator would think that Parker's just a ruthless thug that's everything. In fact, we have a clip in the film that says there's an article that says Scott Parker's everything that's wrong with hockey. But when you meet him and you see the person he is and the loyalty he has, <laughs> that couldn't be more wrong. So it was that it was going to school with them and seeing how those guys made their trip to the NHL come to life that's what really inspired it to start.
2: The movie is Ice Guardians, uh nice convenient website iceguardians.com and you can watch the the full trailer there and we're we're going to talk more about how you can see see the full movie. So as the momentum got got going um, did you ever think man maybe maybe people in the hockey Community, the hockey establishment—if you want to call that—maybe they, maybe they aren't going to want to talk about this because of
0: the topic of fighting and some of the stories that can be associated with it. Reed, you nailed it. That's that's why it took eight years, right? Is <laughs> the first six years was learning how do you get footage? I met with you know several different vice presidents of the NHL and different people, and obviously anytime you just brought up the word fighting and hockey, they didn't want to talk about it. They just wanted this project to die and disappear. Which feels so good for the director and myself and the team to now hear that, you know, it's, we did a private screening for um, Brett Hall, Brian Trottier, there was at the Kelly Chase Fantasy Camp in Saskatoon, there's about 60 directors said, it was hockey royalty. And afterwards, like some of the guys were in tears, some of the guys were shaking my hand, exchanging numbers, they're like, finally, somebody told this story correctly. Thank you. So, You know, going a little off topic of your question there, but that was so fulfilling for us because we'd heard so long from executives and everybody else and people saying nobody's going to want to see this and we proved that wrong in the first six days our trailer between Facebook and YouTube it's received over 1.7 million views so clearly people do want to see it (laughs) Uh, secondly just that you know and then that's what I say about this film is that this isn't here to glorify fighting it's not here to promote it but it's definitely not here to take a negative spin on it we're just here to honor the guys who did this role because they're as much of hockey history as anybody else and their story needed to be told the way that they say this is coming from them correctly that honored their rightful place in hockey history
2: yeah well it, it sounds like uh it's a great approach and the, and the trailer really in, enticed me to to want to see the whole thing and we're going to talk about where people can do that um did you did, any, did anybody and you don't, i don't have you don't have to give names but did anybody shut you down and say no i just can't for
0: for one reason or another not the players But many people in the organization, uh, we had a few referees that weren't allowed to interview. They were given the word, you can't stay away from this project. But again, like we we don't in this project we don't bash the NHL. We're not here to we don't get into the big lawsuit, right? And that's a big misconception. Everybody's like, oh, well, the film's just promoting or demoting the lawsuit. And I'm like, well, actually, a minority of the people involved in the lawsuit are enforcers, right? It's just a whole bunch of hawk. Ho- like, not taking away from any of the people on there, right? They have a rightful place, and that's a different subject. We don't go into that. We go into you know what it was like for these guys to embrace this role because many of them is when they start off when they're younger they wanted to be Ray Bork or Wayne Gretzky or somebody else but there came that definitive 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 <laughs> time in their career where that had to change for them
2: well and, and in, in the uh, in in the opening in the clip I played there from the trailer that was Dave Samenko describing Correct. it I mean, he doesn't use this term, but it—it it sounds to me as almost an out-of-body experience when he was winning his first fight.
0: Yeah, and he—and he said, like, he's like, like you can hear from the clip, he said, "I had no idea what I was doing. I just kind of grabbed him and I was throwing punches, and everything changed from that point." And that's something. And this is something that was really interesting for us to discover when doing the film. Because we also interview a lot of superstars to get their perspectives and referees and human behavior specialists and criminologists. We go deeper than the normal. It's a feature doc. You have to. But hearing from the superstars, you know, from Brett Hall, he says in the movie. And then when we did the screening at the Chase Fantasy Camp, they asked him this question. He says... Brett Hall would not have been the same player without guys like Kelly Chase and Tony Twist looking after me. I can tell you that right now. And Drew Romenda asked him after we were in there and said, hey, that's a bold statement. Is that true? And he said, 100%. When I played and the physicality of the game, guys like that helped me to feel safe and secure out there. You know, for me, just an outside observer and a fan pretty hard to argue brett hall like top five goal scorer in the world When he says i would not have been that great player without them and you know again yeah i'm using quotes from the film here you know and that's as we all know in the media there's been a lot of talk about because all sports are now recognizing the injuries and concussions which is good it's good that we're now looking at this and starting to identify that there's much more serious injuries and that a concussion is actually considered a brain injury we, we interviewed Dr. Charles Tater, the concussion specialist in Toronto, too. We don't shy away from that in the film. And it, when he started his career, concussion wasn't even considered a brain injury. Right. So that tells you how far we've come in sports. When he started in neurology, it wasn't even yeah. considered a brain you can injury. You miss a
2: shift and then just go back out there.
0: Yeah. When we have clips of that, it's just like smelling salts and get back out there. Yeah. But a fascinating thing that he brought up to me, and this is hard for your viewers to see, but I'll try to explain, is that it doesn't take a direct headshot to cause a concussion. Because one of the biggest misconceptions and statistically that we found making the film, less than 10% of concussions in the NHL currently come from fighting. Right. Whereas if you were a casual observer, you'd probably think it was 60 to 70%, right? That's. Know, prob-
2: I probably still would have said under half, but I probably would have said 30, 35.
0: Yeah. Much higher than around 5 to 6% sure. is what they say, yeah. right? Me too, as a fan. Like, but well, you're a sports guy, so you have a bit more knowledge there. But uh, <laughs> you know, but one of the things that he brought up is that it doesn't take head contact to cause a concussion. Major misconception, right? So if two guys are going and their chests hit each other, and I'm using my hands here for those listening, and your thumbs are kind of like a thumb and they smack together and they bobble, right. right? It's it's that that motion in the skull that causes that. So if your head jiggles or snaps, that'll cause a concussion. So. Jeff Merrick says in the film that he says, he goes, uh, he says, listen, I tell people, if you love the speed of the game and you love the way it's going right now, I always ask him this question. If you love to see athletes going this fast on the ice with the equipment they're wearing, you have to ask yourself, how many concussions are you okay with? Because there's no way they can go as fast as they can, as fit as they are, wearing the giant shoulder pads and stuff that they are now, and concussions not happen. You know, the fighting part of concussions, that's just the lazy story, right? Mm -hmm. Hockey makes concussions. It's a fast game, and the game that we opened up back in 2005 when we got rid of the two-line pass and everything like that, we got our wish. We made it faster, but faster has made it more dangerous. Perfect example is we look at our hometown boy, Connor McDavid, right? That play, right, wasn't a malicious play, but because the game's so fast now, that little tug on the back spins him right out and he breaks his collarbone, Mm -hmm. right? That's what's those more and more of those injuries are going to keep coming with the speed of the game. And that was something that the concussion specialist brought to us that he said the speed of the game is a concern and the size of the shoulder pads are a concern.
2: Adam, can you stick around? Because I want to get into some of the people you talk to. I want to tell people how they can watch the movie. Obviously, this, this is great. Absolutely. Adam Scourge is the producer of Ice Guardians. Again, it is IceGuardians.com. We're going to keep rolling when we get back. <laughs> Your home for breaking
1: news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630Chad.
2: All right, the Blue Jays win tonight 5-3 over the Orioles. They remain two games up on Boston for first in the American League East. In the CFL tonight, BC beats Toronto 16-13. Uh, it's not good for the Eskimos. BC now 7-3, and the Eskimos at uh, 5-4. and Toronto 4-5 and on the season, including 1-5. and on home turf at BMO Field, we're in studio with the producer of the documentary Ice Guardians. His name is Adam Scorgi. Great sort of sports name with score worked in there.
0: And that's I, my production company is Scorgi Productions, right? So that's, yeah. <laughs>
2: there you go. So uh, Ice Guardians. Well, let, let's do this now before we get deeper into it. IceGuardians.com. Uh, that's mm-hmm. how I watch the trailer, and yep. it's on YouTube as well. Yeah. Um, so if people want to watch. Ice Guardians now or in the near future. What are what are the
0: options here? So if you're here in Edmonton, we're going to have the Alberta premiere uh, September fifteenth at the Metro Theater, which is the old Garno. Um, red carpet arrivals will be at five thirty. Uh, movie starts at seven, and then Q and A at nine. So Dave Semenko has said if he's available, he doesn't know his schedule hundred percent. He's going to come and do the Q and A because he's featured in the film. Kelly Chase, who is an executive producer, is going to come in town, and then Jason Strudwig is a guest too. So Um, They will all be speaking at the Q&A and doing like a signing. And the the red carpet, even as there's still some tickets available, you can go to the Northwest Festival, documentary festival here in town. They're the ones presenting it. So you can get your tickets there. There's still some left, but they're going really quick. So this isn't a sales gimmick if you want to be a part of it. And and you get to go on the red carpet and take the photos with everybody else. This isn't just for the producing team. This is, I like to get, you know, the, the audience involved. Everybody can go have a good time. And you get drinks included with that too, which are brought to you by, Russian Standard and Sleeman's I don't mean to do and a shout out to that right. and then um, the um, world broadcast premiere is going to be on Super Channel October 8th so if you're anywhere in Canada you can tune in on that day it'll be 7 o'clock here, local time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, October 8th, on Super Channel. And then they'll replay it, I assume? Yeah, they'll play it for the first three months. They'll play it several times. It'll probably be, yeah. So you think
2: it'll be on demand or on DVD? Yeah, or? yeah. We will do
0: all that. That comes down the road. So totally. traditionally, you do kind of your, your limited theatrical release, which right. we got that in the United States, too. We got a 15 city theatrical oh, release, great. which is unheard of for Doc. Um, and then it will eventually go to all those platforms. Eventually, you'll be able to get it once Super Channel's done its run. You'll be able to get it on iTunes and uh, Vimeo, and then eventually Netflix. Um, but it will. It looks like we're pushing right now. If Super Channel let us after they do their first six months, we're looking to take it back to theaters in Canada in January and do like limited release all over the country. Oh, that'd so, be incredible. Yeah. Good so we're for, hoping.
2: Good for you. Um, I, I should ask. I should ask you this, and, and I'm sure there are people listening who have thought, man, I'd like to make a movie someday. Uh, <laughs> how is it difficult in this country to get the funding? For a documentary, I mean, you have to go to <sighs> Film Canada or whatever it's <laughs> called now.
0: <laughs> Making a movie, and I don't it sound like a, it is so hard. Like when they say movie magic, it really takes a little bit of magic because there's so many ways it can go wrong. Um, I mean, for us, thankfully, Super Channel stepped up to the plate. I'd done some previous work with them that had done well. Without them, this film just wouldn't exist. Simply without that, they brought Ice Guardians to life. So between Super Channel, um, the great Alberta film tax credit that we have here, it's phenomenal. It's one of the best in the country. And then your federal tax credits. Um, you really have to learn those things in the Canadian industry. Canada is much easier than the United States. United States, you have to use all like private financing, which if you don't have a resume is really tough, right? So at least in Canada, we have lots of grants. You have the Canadian financing system. I mean, the Alberta grants uh, or film grant or the provincial grant is what brought me from BC to Alberta. It's one of the reasons anyway. It's much easier to navigate and figure out and you know Edmonton has that even though it's a big city it's got that small town feel where they call you back they listen to you you can get a hold of somebody right (laughs) so it it, it, making a film is so hard and your team Like if if you're, if you're just a financial guy and you looked at how hard my director Red Harvey worked and Steven and myself and the entire team, you were to look at how many hours we put in over the course of two years, you'd probably be, what the hell do you get in this business for? There's way too many hours and not enough money. (laughs) Um, But again, as I said earlier in the interview, it's about the journey. Like, I mean, to, to, I've now become very close friends with several of these guys been to some of their weddings and they've been to mine. I wouldn't trade it, but that life's not for everybody. I don't need to make two three hundred thousand dollars a year. I can make much less, but I get to do something that's truly for me, my dream job.
2: I want you to stick around after the 30 news because I want to ask you a couple more questions about how maybe this movie affected you personally, sure. and we uh, will have some fun with some other sports movies that uh, you enjoyed as, as, as a younger man. It is Inside Sports on 630, Chet. It is Ice Guardians, a documentary. Uh, again, you can go to iceguardians.com. It's going to have its Alberta premiere at the Metro. That's the one right on 109th and 87th Avenue, 7 p.m. on September 15th. More with producer Adam Scorgi when we get back.
1: This is Oscar Clefbrom from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to the Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins
2: on Oilers Radio,
0: 630 Shad. All
2: right, so the Edmonton Eskimos back to work tomorrow. The game against the Stampeders, of course, is Labor Day Monday. It's on CHED, 1130 pregame show, 1 o'clock for the kickoff. Our guests tomorrow on Inside Sports will include BLM, Calgary Stampeders quarterback, Bo levi Mitchell. Maybe he can send out some tweets about me, like he did about the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and then I'll get in a lot of trouble. Well, no, wait. That doesn't make sense. Uh, Adam Scorgi's in studio. He's the producer of the documentary film Ice Guardians. Go to iceguardians.com to see the trailer. And again, the Alberta premiere is September 15th. What is that? Uh, what day of the week is that? It's th- Wednesday. Thursday. Thursday. Thursday? Thir- yeah, Thursday? Yeah, Thursday. 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 Uh, well, that's the day before I go to Penticton. Yeah, and the, then it's uh,
0: also uh, actually we're we're part of the Calgary International Film Festival and it'll be premiering in Calgary September 24th.
2: And when's the world premiere?
0: World premiere is September 12th, Monday, in Toronto, during, during, not part of the Toronto International Film Festival. Well,
2: good timing. Good, yes. for, you, good for you guys. And, and the festival you're part of in Edmonton, Yes. You're actually part of.
0: Yes, yeah. Northwest Fest, the documentary film festival that's actually the oldest documentary film festival in Canada.
2: Real? Uh, I feel ashamed that I didn't know that because I, tra- I
0: got an artsy side. I yeah. like that. Stuff. Well, it changed from Global Visions, right? That was oh, the Oh, that's night, what it was. Right? Okay, so, that was Global I've heard Visions, of. yeah. Right. So, Guy, he used to work for the Edmonton Film Festival. I've known him since my first film, The Union, The Business Behind Getting High, which won the Edmonton Film Festival in 2007. So, we maintained a friendship. And as soon as Ice Guardians was boiling, he was texting me, like, <laughs> send it to me ASAP. If I want to program it. So uh, so we made it happen. And uh, I love doing screenings here in Edmonton. The town really comes out to support. And, and it, it's one of those unexpected parts about making film is it's kind of like a wedding, like guys I went to elementary school with here, it's that they show up for that, right? Like people I haven't seen since my last film come out, which is such an emotional experience. It's, a, it's what I enjoy the most about a filmmaker is watching your film on the big screen with a full audience. Yeah, you, you that would be incredible. Yeah, you can, and nerve-wracking yeah. probably. Yes. Like I said, when we did the screening <laughs> at, at uh, Kelly Chase's Fantasy Camp with that like hockey royalty in the audience, I was like, this is a tough crowd to do the first screening in front of it because there's so many hockey players here and they're from all Different generations, right? Yeah. So the game has changed from when one played. So I mean, yeah, I was sitting up. Me and Kelly were sitting at the top. I'm biting my nails, but it was so emotional and moving to just see like how much they loved it and the discussion that started afterwards. I mean, the debates with between Adam Oates and Brett Hall, and they were all. It, it felt pretty weird sitting on stage where it's like me, Mike Keen, uh Kelly Bookberger, Kelly Chase. Uh, Brett Hall Adam Oates and Garth Butcher are all up there and they're talking about my work I was like man should I sit in the audience and ask you guys questions like what <laughs> like, <laughs> it was really cool so those are part of things you know kind of following what I was talking about earlier that can't put a price tag on that for me. Like that's that's why I love what I what I do. Uh,
2: I mean, you mentioned uh, growing up. Most of your growing up was in Edmonton. Uh, you've lived in other parts of Canada and and the world, but I mean, clearly you're an Edmontonian. Yep. Uh, so that makes you whether you you know makes you <laughs> the, a hockey fan. I mean, um, a, a diehard Oilers fan. So did this did this did doing this movie change your attitudes towards fighting about fighting?
0: Definitely. Well, I mean, I, because i went to high school with, with Parker and Fedorik, I had an inside scoop from the beginning, but I definitely, you know, going into this now and it really made me understand so much more about these guys. And I kind of uh, addressed this earlier, but really how the rest of the locker room connects with them, mm-hmm. right? Like we got to follow Brian McGrattan for a while and Kevin Westgar, some pretty new age guys, right? And them in the locker room. And you just see the way that other players migrate to them. And like Kevin talks about in the film is that, you know, it's not, the teams are not bringing these guys solely to fight. What teams want in their locker room and why a lot of them still have that fondness or love for the enforcer is that here's a guy that's willing to do whatever it takes to help his team win. He's ready to go out there and bare knuckle fight with no weight class right against other known killers to help possibly give you a competitive advantage. Right. Right. And you want that in your locker room. Like you want someone that is willing to do whatever. And he says, that's why he got brought into the LA Kings and he won their first cup. He's like, it wasn't specifically, they want me to fight. They wanted that element to bring a Stanley cup or a championship team. They wanted that element. Like, look, we have to work together as a team. We have to bleed together and we're going to have to, to win the Stanley cup. It's tough, right? You're going to get hurt. You're going to deal with that. And that's the part that, no matter where the game evolves, if it evolves to where fighting's no longer in the game, uh, you know, enforcers kind of seem to be a dying breed, which we talk about in the film. That you hope that that passion and commitment that those guys brought, that that element, stays in the game.
2: Yeah. Well, you make a great point. I mean, uh, they're willing to do something that most people wouldn't want to do, and as and as we mentioned earlier in the conversation. It's an unpleasant task. They know it's unpleasant. Most of them didn't set out to do it. Without giving away too much of the content of the film, yep. I mean, th- were there some emotional interviews where guys were like, "Man, this was, this was not something that I felt was bringing me glory, even though it may have been glorified by other people."
0: You will definitely like even uh, Drew Romenda, you know, who's a, a you know an analyst for the NHL and commentator. He said he's like. I look at these guys differently after what I saw in your film, right? He was there at the Kelly Chase fantasy camp. It's tough. Yeah. There's several guys that almost come to tear. And the movie, I'm not going to give the, the ending is super powerful and it ends with a guy in tears. And, um, but again, there's no one way to paint these guys. Like we have Brian McGratton who loved his job, right? <laughs> like, and then you have other guys that did it cause they had to, um, but again kind of going back that's the part for me that was fascinating is that here you have some guys that some of them were really good in the juniors right some of them really good but then when they hit that world scale it's like I'm not a top one or two line like I'm maybe third or fourth and then they can totally reinvent themselves to still be an efficient member of a team. How many players have we seen? I've seen dozens of them, not just through the Oilers organization, but through all other teams where highly touted draft pick, think they're going to be, but then as a team, they can't click with a team because now they have to change their game a little bit. Mm -hmm. Right? Not going to name any names, right? But there's people they can't do that. And then they kind of fizzle out and never really have a successful career. And that's something for me that I found with a lot of these enforcers. I was like, that is fascinating that they were able to embrace a role a lot of them have had never been in a street fight to this day and had never been in a fight until they had their first one on the ice right. and then they learned how to do it right, yeah. which was fascinating that someone is willing to totally reinvent themselves for the love of this game and you know really pursue their dream that 's it to me it, it was hard not to be compelled by their stories yeah
2: i can't i can 't wait to see this i mean as I was looking into it more, you know, knowing I was going to have you on, I was like, but just hearing you, you talk about it, it's a, um, like it's a true, it, it's a true sports movie in, okay, obviously hockey is the topic and, yep. and it's a, and it's about something that is quite unique to hockey because yep. fighting in other sports usually results in a ban yep. of some sort, hockey, you can come back. Um, but what is great is is that it's clearly a hockey movie, but it's clearly a, a, a human movie. And really, that, that's that's what you need.
0: And you, you nailed it. And that's it. We've had people watch it. Like, you know, because when you're doing your edits and everything, like from our lawyer and some of our sound sound people and stuff, that they were not hockey fans. But even they were like, our lawyer called us. She does all the biggest films in L.A., does all their clearances. And she was like, I've never been to a live hockey game. But she's like, that movie is fascinating. She's like, I had no idea that all that went on. Like, right. <laughs> So you love hear that and that's where like i guarantee even wives that are coming that are not big hockey fans that are coming because their husband or their friend i promise you you you'll have an emotional reaction to this film and it will make you will enjoy it just as much as your husband you don't have to be a hockey fan this is as you say just it's a great human story of triumph over tragedy and tragedy in there just a great like if you like espn 30 for 30s yeah you're gonna you're gonna love this too in fact uh, I think director Brett Harvey did better than a lot of the ESPN 30 for 30s, and they are fantastic. Right. I'm not trying to just pump up my own work, but it is. We've had people crying in the theaters, including some NHL players. I won't call them out, but uh, it is an emotional movie. It is something very special, and I couldn't be more proud of what my team and I were able to accomplish.
2: So I'm gonna th- I'm gonna throw one out here, and maybe you'll just say I don't know. It's an irrelevant question, but. Um, after this experience, and you mentioned you knew Parker and uh, Fedorik, wasn't yeah, it, yeah. I, I, when you were a teenager? Yeah. Did, does the word goon bother you now?
0: <laughs> it's, uh, we actually specifically go into that in the film, like, our enforcers goons? Um, and it is, it, it, the way I think Zen and Konopka puts it back, and, he, and you see him kind of hum at the beginning of the trailer, where he goes, ah, our enforcers goons? Uh, it, it would be the thing, is like, our accountants bean counters? If you called an accountant a bean counter, he probably wouldn't like it, right? Yeah, or a math nerd, or, or a whatever. math nerd, or whatever, yeah. right? It's yeah, it's not it's not the term that they prefer. They prefer enforcer, and you know if and and they know though that like if you're on the opposing team, they know they they say they're like we're not doing our job right if you're not calling us a name on the other team we're not doing our job right. But as soon as you switch jerseys, he's like the hero and the villain are essentially mere images of each other. They're just wearing a different jersey. So I don't like to call them I. I like Ice Guardians is the best term and I, I enforcer obviously which is their, their NHL term, but and I'm using a quote from Kevin Westgars from the film too that he says Chances are if you know the player by name, they're not a goon because if you know them by name means that they stuck around in the league long enough to have a career and that they belong to be there there's a reason why teams kept signing them he's like you only see that it was for fighting but the teams aren't stupid they see something in that locker room that they want that player on that team and that's why i really think after you watch this you won't call them goons anymore unless you're just one of those people that just wants to be a jerk like that and
2: Luke Gazik's in the movie for uh, and Semenko for you some bet. other connection yeah I and Gazzik's Dave Brown the Devils Dave Brown yeah so, yeah yeah so that's awesome stuff uh, Adam Scorgi, producer of Ice Guardians IceGuardians.com uh, before I let you go uh, I mean clearly you have a huge passion for, for this so uh, sports movies whether they're documentary or uh, fiction what's that yeah. uh, I watched Creed recently finally I yeah, enjoyed it. that was
0: good yeah. that was good out of boxing I really like Creed I um, you can't like Rudy is one of the greatest ever. I get emotional every time, <laughs> you know, they're chanting Rudy, Rudy. Um, you know, for hockey movies, of course you go like goon and slap shot. They're, they're pretty good. Um, I like a lot of the docs that ESPN has done. My friend, uh, Jeff Zimbalist did the two Escobars. That's fantastic. Uh, I think the greatest it never was is fantastic. Uh, oh yeah, I like the Ben Johnson one, 9.79. I don't know if you saw that one. Yeah. Um, but another hockey movie or a, uh, Sports movies, Hoosiers, that's another good one. Um, but yeah, Rudy, I'd ha- if I had to pick one, ooh, either Rudy or Remember the Titans would be.
2: Well, oh, that was a good one too. Yeah, yeah. it's got to be an underdog involved,
0: right? Yeah, there has to be that, and and that's that's where uh, Ice Guardians isn't your traditional sports story. It's it's about the guy that usually doesn't get the limelight. He gets it from his teammates, but you know he's usually ridiculed by the media and said that he doesn't belong there and that's ultimately why the guys opened up is that you know they were tired of everybody saying that they didn't belong in the sport when you know sport clearly wanted them there for years and that they have their place in the sports history like anybody else
2: seems boxing movies often work don't they maybe it's because it's that
0: one-on-one physical confrontation you're either tough enough or you're not well for movies it's 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 adversity right right. try them over tragedy and it's a tough no one like that's a tough sport i i did a boxing documentary too about ray boom boom mancini called the good son the life of ray boom boom mancini that 's another excellent doc, I put that in my top ten too <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, in that movie, I mean if, for those that don 't know the story about Ray is Ray in his third title defense fought uh, Korean fighter Duku Kim, and Duku tragically died because of the in the fourteenth round due to the punches to the head that he took in that right. battle and in the documentary, Ray meets Jiwon, the son of Duku for the very first time because duku 's wife was three months pregnant when he passed away in the ring. Yep. Um, boxing stories always have that great great, you know, because you have to really love it to want to do that. And, you know, coming back to Ice Guardians, you have to really love the game of hockey to want to go through the role of the enforcer and make that your way of making the NHL.
2: This portion of Inside Sports presented by Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or its free guarantee. You can visit actionfurnace.ca. Alright Adam, so I know you're incredibly busy now promoting Ice <laughs> Guardians and getting as many people as possible to, to, to check it out. Do I dare ask if you have another project on the go?
0: You can most certainly <laughs> ask. I have two right now actually, so I don't really have much of a life. Uh, I'm working on another one called Chasing Evil, The Life of Robbie Knievel, which which is all oh, about evil Knievel's evil's son Robbie, and how he's always chased his father's legacy. And we just signed yesterday, so you can have the first crack of the announcement. Uh, inmate number one, the life of Danny Trejo. we were doing an autobiography documentary on Danny Trejo, aka Machete, the big bad Chicano in every movie that you watch. Yeah. So I don't know if you know his story, but it is fascinating. Well, he
2: well, he, well, he was—is he, he not an ex-con turned actor?
0: <laughs> ex-con that was supposed to be executed. He was up. Well, three gas chamber sentences yeah during the San Quentin riots Uh, he was doing armed robberies and heroin when he was 13 and he was in the hole for a year because of a a, a prison riot where he threw a rock at the rival gang and hit the prison guard and almost killed him and the prisoner yeah he was locked you couldn't put a guy in the hole for as long as he was it was almost a year and uh, they were all the guards whispering every day you're a dead man dead man walking and then when he went to he said he praised God and said God if there's a sign you'll look out for me if not I guess I'm dead and when he went to court the guard said no he was trying to hit the other gang member and even the prosecutor was like no 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 you mean he was trying to hit you and he was like no no he was trying to hit the other gang member and he ducked and hit me and they're like, no, 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 think about your story. And they're like, no, that's what it was. And then he now, to this day, the most moving part about him is that every spare moment that he's not working, and God bless him, he's 73. He's doing 10 to 12 movies a year. Yeah. He spends going to uh, prisons to help ex-cons rehabilitate into general pop and to deal with young youth offenders that are... Wow. Because he says, I've been given this blessing that when I walk in the room, they listen. They recognize me, and they're like, holy shit. Or I guess yeah. so the swearing, but they say, uh, you know, they recognize him, and then he's been through it. So people are like, no, you don't know what it's like. I can't turn my life around. He's like, no, no, I know exactly what it's like. I was doing heroin when I was 13. I was up on gas chamber sentences. I was supposed to be yeah. executed, and he's now become one of the most successful Mexican-American actors in Hollywood history. So he was
2: in Breaking Bad a few
0: episodes He's been in everything. Yeah,
2: that's incredible.
0: Yeah,
2: uh, Adam, thanks for coming in. Adam Scorgi is the producer of Ice Guardians. Again, it is iceguardians.com. How can people uh, get tickets to the September 15th Alberta premiere again
0: so if you go to northwestfest.com uh, or if you google you'll be able to find it or if you go on Facebook on Ice Guardians we've got the event there under the Northwest Fest Presents uh, there's still a few tickets they are going fast this isn't a sales gimmick it's a cool night you get drinks you get to meet guys you get to be part of the red carpet and the Q&A so you can still get them um, Yes, yeah, so if you either go to the Facebook Ice Guardians event or Northwest Fest you'll find tickets there
2: Adam, thanks for coming. Incredible project. I hope it goes great for you.
0: Thank you very much. And uh, thank you very much for having me on. I really appreciate it.
2: It is Inside Sports on 630 chat It's 840. You're listening to
1: Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader. 630 chat. It's got to sound so odd to
0: be so civil when you're being so violent. They call it the code. Everybody knows what it is, but nobody knows what it is. If you're going to take a cheap shot at me or a teammate, if you have one fight in your career or a hundred in your career, I'm going to come at you. Is
1: everything perfect in the enforcement category in the NHL? No. But there's nothing perfect
2: in life. little snippet from the Ice Guardians Trailer. Great to have Adam Scorgi in studio, the producer of uh, Ice Guardians, uh, an Edmontonian who's lived in other parts of the world, but uh, is certainly committed to uh, being here. And yeah, his film is going to be at the uh, Metro Cinema. That's the old Garneau on 109th Street there on September 15th. A fascinating interview. Obviously, a lot of passion you put into that film, and it sounds like there are some incredible stories coming out of that. I believe Rex was listening to that interview and has called in 780-496-0063.
1: Hello, Rex. Hi. Greatly, thanks. That's an awesome interview. I'm not a excuse me, a big fan of, of fighting um, or boxing, but I, I really like the uh, the human interest part of it. Have you ever heard, uh, you're a Warren Zevon fan at all?
2: uh not really No, i know of him what's uh okay. what, what happened well the reason i asked uh, the reason i mentioned that is because he, he wrote a couple
1: of really great songs about uh you know kind of a goon in hockey or in force or whatever you want to call them and also about boom, Bam, boom boom mancini and i, I just love both those songs because they you know they kind of get at that uh whatever human interest part of it you know that i that i really enjoy but uh yeah i, I just thought i'd throw that out there but uh yeah, no, that was a great, uh, great interview. I also loved your interview with Espo. That was that was really good. <laughs> and uh, you know, I, you know, I'm not a big fan of Florida hockey either. But but I get what he's saying about, um, you know, you come outside and it's still warm out because I mean I don't go to a lot of Oilers games, but I try to get to a, a few a year. And and it kind of depends where you're coming from. Like if you're walking out in the cold and you gotta. You know, heavy coat on, and you know you you gotta whatever sit on that during the game or whatever. Like, I'm just wondering with the new arena, are they gonna have any kind of coat check or anything like that for people that are you know walking to the game and and
2: thirty below or whatever? Oh, geez. See, I I we answered a lot of questions today and on Oilers now, but yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I yeah, mean, probably, no. well, I mean, if you have a suite, you'd be able to hang up your jacket. I'll, I'll yeah. try to find that out for your rest. Yeah, no,
1: no, it doesn't matter. I just wondered. I mean, because, like, I'm just going out, you know, that is a difference between going to a hockey game and, Florida as opposed to Canada, because, I mean, Esau has a point about that, you know. <laughs> you know, it's the same temperature inside all the time, no matter where you are, but it's not outside. But, yeah, but yeah no, I, I found that fascinating, just about him working the steel mills in the, in the summers. So I didn't know that at all, you know. And, uh, well, anyhow,
2: I'll tell you but, what, Rex, uh, I have a full three-hour show on Labor Day. Uh, mm-hmm. Usually we have best-of shows on Labor Day. I yeah. think I'm going to cheat a little bit, though, on Monday and replay the Phil Esposito story. Uh, yeah. Interview at some point because I think people would like to hear it again. So we'll do that oh, later yeah. day Monday. Okay,
1: that was awesome. Anyhow. Okay, thanks, Ray. No, you do a great job. I just I just addicted to your shows. So, <laughs> Okay.
2: Well, <laughs> thank you very much. That's uh inside sports is a safe thing to be addicted to, I think, Rex. Thank you very much for calling and thank you for listening. The open line is seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. However, we're out of time tonight. Uh again, BC beat Toronto 16-13 in the CFL. Ricky Ray back from injury. The Blue Jays beat the Orioles 5-3. They remain two games up in uh, the American League. Each Milos Raonic losing today, upset in the second round at the United States Open. Tomorrow on the show, uh, who do we have? Oh, uh, both Levi Mitchell, that's right, from the Calgary Stampeders will be on the show and we'll have interviews from members of the Oilers skating at Rogers Place. I will attend that uh, tomorrow. A few members of the team, along with some Edmonton Minor hockey players skating uh, around the noon hour. Not open to the public, but uh, I'll be there and bring you the story. Thanks to our guests, besides filmmaker Adam Scorgi, you heard from Kevin Karius, also Rick Davis, the executive director of the Downtown Arena Project, was in studio, and we had Jeff Merrick from the NHL on Rogers on the show, too. Dave Campbell's the producer of Inside Sports, Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer this evening. My name is Reed Wilkins. Always a pleasure. Fun show. Talk to you tomorrow. I don't know. But...